Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Criminally Mental Podcast, brought to you and sponsored by Manscaped. My name is Cody, or Schizophrenic Hippie. My name is Zachary Galloway, a.k.a. the Hebrew Hammer, and here to introduce our show is our, the friend of our show, Dead Man, the host of the VT Network. Welcome to the Criminally Mental Podcast, where we talk about mental health and the criminal justice system with your two hosts, Cody Green and Zach Galloway, currently both on parole and compassionate release. Now, here's the show. That guy could just read off a list of people who didn't survive the Holocaust, and it would sound beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Um <laughs> Seriously, he's got such a good voice. We should bring him on to the show one of these weeks and just chat with him so you can listen to his voice the entire show. He's actually a really cool guy too. He, he does a lot of he does a lot of random shit on his uh, on his uh, podcast. I've had the pleasure of being on and it was a lot of fun. Oh uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But we wanted to thank you guys all for joining us today and we wanted to also thank uh Manscaped for, you know, sponsoring us and working with us up in Zach's corner over there. Um, we <laughs> we are super excited to work with them, and we've both been using their products, and legitimately, me and Zach have held off on sponsors until we found something we really liked, and Manscaped was definitely that. So, It's the only thing that comfortably we could say that we would recommend using because it's stuff we do use. So got to keep that in mind. Yes, and just remember, your balls will thank you. <sighs> Zach, just, I mean, I, I, I understand that it's trying to be like kind of edgy in a way like, oh, yeah, that's their slogan. Your balls will thank you. But it's just still like. I know, Zach. Zach, what this really comes down to is you wish it was your job to think of the slogan because you just want to make a slogan about your balls. I just. Uh... I just think there's room for improvement as far as the slogan for our sponsor goes. That's all I'm saying. You know, it, it, Daddy Manscaped, if you're listening, I'm not coming down on you guys. You know, I'm not coming down to marketing. I'm just saying maybe we can do something else. Maybe we can work something into this. Well, anyways, I wanted to um, touch base with you, Zach. What have you been doing all week? I just actually moved to Virginia after – long time of doing long distance with my boyfriend who I love very much. I finally got off paperwork. I got off uh, my probationary status for my like final charge and I was able to move. So this week I moved to Virginia and now I'm in Norfolk with my boyfriend. <laughs> and I know you took like the last day off of making content just or last day or two, right? Just to kind of settle in and I know you've been busy moving. It's been tough to get a hold of you. So yeah, pretty much the last day or two. It's what I've been doing, but um, you know, settling in now, and it's, and it's been great. I love. We have a really nice place here. It's a it's a really kind of cool neighborhood. So yeah, I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm happy about it. Well, I'm pumped for you, man. It's just nice to see you getting to you know get free from. I know probation and parole is such a pain. Just knowing that there's always someone, someone there waiting for you to mess up and waiting to send you back in. And it's, I know for me, it was a huge relief when I was able to get off paper. So. 
Right. And I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't happen for most people. Most people are stay on papers for a long time because they get violated and then go back. And that's how you get caught back up in the system. And then the cycle never ends, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, as people who have both been incarcerated and had to deal with the probation system and parole system, I would love to bring on a PO uh, at some point to talk about their side of it. Cause I feel like, I just personally feel like they're constantly trying to catch you up and shit to put you back in. And I don't know how productive that is. And maybe that's just cause I've been on probation and I felt like it was always a, you know, gotcha game. You know, they were always trying to catch you. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's how I feel, but. I mean, I realistically, I'd like that a lot too. I'd love to get, uh, a PO or a DO or CO, any of the categories, you know, anyone in corrections to come on. But I think a lot of the time it would realistically, it would seem it would almost be like we're ganging up on someone. Right. And I mean, we'd have to make it clear that that's not what we want to do. Yeah, exactly. So if you guys know of any cops or probation officers or correctional officers that you would be interested in being on the show or talk about, you know, their experience at work regularly, just let them know, you know, we are interested and we will try (laughs) to not gang up on them. And I think we're both pretty good, you know, like we both have had our issues, but we're also, you know, recovered addicts. We're working through all of our all of our issues independently. And I don't think I have as much of a grudge against like COs and police officers as I used to. Um. Yeah. I've, I think everyone goes through that phase though. Right. I mean, if oh, you're, yeah, yeah if, if you're an ex con of any kind, you go through that, uh, that like a re being reestablished into society and you have to stop looking at the police as bad guys to become part of normal society. So Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's something that, you know, that's a conversation we could have too, is just being able to talk about how, uh, how people view them that are, have have to deal with incarceration and the justice system and what we can do to, I don't know, make the experience not so traumatic for people. And I'm specifically talking about recently. Um, I know there's been a lot of, um, mental health police calls that have been going bad. And I was reading about how Colorado um, tried out having some mental health people on the police force. So they've been sending out mental health professionals to police calls. And I don't know. I just feel like that's something that could be a good conversation, too. What exactly is what what, what is that a mental health force? Like, what, what does that entail? So basically what they're doing is um, they're taking people that are either, uh, I think they take a social worker and like a psychiatrist and they respond to people struggling with mental health issues instead of sending police who I'm not saying always do, but tend to um, make the encounters a little more. Well, cause uh, they, they're, they're only taught how to respond with violence. Essentially that's yeah. That's, or that's force, at least. Yeah. yeah. So it's, of course, that's going to only make a mental health situation worse. Really. Yeah. So the the entire idea is just to make it more of a mental health response. So they're responding specifically to help someone with a mental health issue and not to deal with a crime, which helps police officers, too, because they can do their job dealing with violent crimes, 
domestic disputes, stuff like that, that, you know, they are needed for. And so I want to talk more about that kind of stuff because I, I know I tend to lean one direction. I'd like to meet more at the middle and figure out where there is compromise. Well, I think there's a lot of things that need to be openly and honestly discussed. And that's, uh, you know, real, ideally if we could use this platform that we have here to actually have a place where we could openly and honestly discuss things without them being insulting, you know, from one side of the fence to another, I think that'd be great. So, I mean, yeah, we should definitely do that. Yeah. Get uh, get a cop or a CO or something on the show. Yeah. Is there anyone specifically, I know me and you have been talking about like shooting for like, I would like to see some bigger creators on here. I know there's a lot of celebrities who have struggled with, you know, mental health as well as the criminal justice system. Um, we've been tagged in a lot of videos of people either struggling with addiction or mental health or um, just out of jail or prison. And I just, I, there's so many like TikTokers specifically, but also now I'm seeing YouTubers and uh, minor celebrities that I think would fit really well into what we're trying to do here. Is there anyone you would love to see on the show? I mean, Nobody in particular stands out like any single person because I don't really the, – the kind of person I would want on the show doesn't really show up on my For You page, so I wouldn't know who they are. Yeah, I suppose. Like ideally what I would want is somebody from the other side of the fence, like I said before. You know, I mean some, somebody who on a fundamental basis we should – honestly consider somebody as somebody who would hate us and that we yeah. would be enemies with, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And actually yep. Just, and just talk to someone like that. That's honestly probably going to be, I think what gets a new group of people listening to our show, because we have an amazing audience. We have an amazing fan base here. You guys have been doing fantastic at supporting us and our sponsors. Um, but it would be amazing to get a little bit of back and forth with people, like you just said, that are on the other side of the fence as us, people that we might have a little bit of an issue talking with, um, because it might be challenging for us to hear their side of, you know, why they became cops or why they continue to be COs or, um, you know, what things they've seen on the inside that, you know, they haven't actively looked at as an issue. And so, I think it would be amazing to start working with more people like that. I know we've been reaching out to some cops on TikTok. I know there are a lot of cops right now on TikTok. So um, it would be really cool to bring them on and start having conversations with them. But it would also be cool to like continue doing what we are doing. And that's talking with people who have experience with the criminal justice system, mental health, I know we already have some people looking forward that we're planning on having. Um, I've tried reaching out to Justin Demented. Um, you guys might know him from TikTok. He is a prison TikToker. Really good content. And so I want to continue doing that too. But it would be really nice to bring on some people that have a different experience. I actually saw someone on TikTok that I think Zach would love to have on the show. Who is it? Um, I don't know his username. I sent you one of his videos and I don't think you saw it. He is, um, his position used to be, um, basically he hunted down uh, pedophiles. That's what his job was. He was basically a cop specifically that looked for pedophiles. And so, uh, right. 
Yeah. So I thought that would be interesting because I know me and you have also been working on our, you know, exposing predators on TikTok and making sure right. that TikTok is a safe place for people to be on, which by the way, thank you for everyone tagging us in those videos too, because I've been getting a lot of those tags and it, I think it's just really good to see the community trying to shut that stuff down. Yeah, it's been really been it's been great to be part of uh, so many people bring awareness to how much this is really happening on the platform. You know, inappropriate things with minors going on all the time. So thank you to everyone who's jumped on board and continues to tag either one of us in. And so we can pass it on and, you know, get some of these reported. Yeah, for sure. So I thought something cool we could do today because. Um, I think we could both agree. We get a lot of repeat questions on our page and I know you're really tired. So I thought I could help you out by what I would like to do today is talk to, talk to you and tell a little bit of each of our stories when it comes to our criminal past and our time while incarcerated. So that way we can, I mean, cause if your page is anything <laughs> like mine, uh, you get a lot of repeat questions. Oh, that's, that's like 90% of the content, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I figured if we put content on here where we answer some of those questions, people can come back and listen to it on here. That's a good point. Sorry. Man, I had, I've had the worst allergies and cold going on ever since I got here. Yeah. I don't know if it's the cat. I don't know what it is, but it's driving me absolutely crazy. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that's it's a lot of different stuff out there, you know. You're not in a desert anymore. So Yeah, but thank thank God for that. I couldn't deal with that for much longer. That's What's the weather like out there right now though? It's gotta be pretty cold, right? It's cold. It's like down in the thirties. It's not unbearable. But uh, it's not like Diet Canada over here. I don't think anything's quite like Diet Canada. So, <laughs> Well, before we get into um, the talking about our criminal past and criminal history, why don't we talk about the trip that we're planning? Fair enough. So we set up the GoFundMe to do our trip collaboration, and you guys have, always, as always, came through and really helped us out. So this coming, uh, what, what is it, March, right? Yep, it'll be sometime in March. Yeah, sometime in March. We're doing a collaboration, and I'm going to be coming out to uh, Wisconsin, a.k.a. Diet Canada, Stop. and spending time with Cody and making videos and collaborating. And it's going to be – it's going to be, like, uh, as always, a twain work. So, you know, <laughs> tune in for that. But think of how much twain work content we can get out in a whole week. You guys are going to get sick of seeing our faces, I'm sure. Mm, I, I doubt that. <laughs> Realistically, probably not. We'll see. I'm, I am excited to have you out, though. I have so many fun activities planned for our cold weather out here in Wisconsin. Going on hikes and negative 30-degree weather. You're out, of your, you're out of your goddamn mind if you're going to be doing that. <laughs> going on a hike at, hike at what? No. No. <laughs> No, it's not negative 30. Right now it's like negative 10 here. So, you know. You say that with such confidence as that makes it any better. I mean. <laughs> well, when you live here, I mean, you kind of get used to it. I don't, and I don't want to. So it's going to be terrible. 
don't worry. We don't actually go out much when it gets this cold. So I would hope not. God damn, man. <laughs> All right. So um, I thought we could start by talking a little bit about um, how, you know, when it comes to criminal history and criminal activity, it always starts somewhere. And I think people don't realize that. So when they ask us like what our charges are, there's so much more to the story than just the charges we got slapped with. And so I thought you could start by talking a little bit about like what led you into your charges. And then I can talk a little bit about mine and then we'll go into more what our charges are and how they came about. That's fair. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to? Um, it's up to you, man. I know you're tired, so I'm just... <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, so for me, all of my criminal behavior started at a very basic place. Uh, I had an addiction to painkillers. I had been an EMT and I had a really bad back injury. And essentially, you know, they just dropped me from health insurance and just out of the blue. It was like, okay, no more painkillers. So the next logical choice is heroin. So the first crimes I got busted with were like really stupid shit, you know, uh, shoplifting from Walmart, uh, trespassing, you know, really, really stupid things. And then it's only like after a first couple times in County, you know, where you do like a month here, a month there, and it's not too bad. And you get in and out that you don't mind getting in trouble as much. Then you get into worse things, you know, that's when assault happens. And after you, after you get down long enough, it just doesn't even matter anymore. So mine was just a, a, a bunch of small, stupid crimes that eventually led to the possession with intent, which was the large amount of drugs that I had and, uh, you know, the assault charge. What, uh, how old were you when you got your, your first charge? Were you pretty young? Uh, you say I can't. I can't hear you right now. Can you hear me? Yep. All right. I think my I think my headphones just ran out of batteries. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> okay, perfect. So yes, hashtag Twainweck. Um, how old were you when you got your first charges? Do you think were you pretty young, underage, or? I will, yeah, first time I got pinched was uh, 14. For, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was just like a, it was a criminal mischief charge. It was just BS, you know. Yeah. Like breaking into school property after hours to fucking drink beers you stole. Stupid <laughs> yeah. Still, though, 14, that's pretty young for your first charges. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, babe. Uh, what would you say was like, I know you said like going in and out of County was kind of a tough spot for you. What do you think like the turning point was going from like the little petty crimes? I know you were like involved with um, some, some not so uh, wholesome characters. Like what was the turning point? Like what age or. For me, it was. Um, so the people that I was associated with, there was a very uh, a, a it was a very real targeted sting that happened all at once. They took down you know the house that I was working at, you know three of the people I worked with. A lot of them, 
you know, never really saw court. They ended up, you know, dying in some pursuit or some bullshit like that. It was a pretty hard hit. And uh, it occurred to me that everyone I knew and cared about, or at least thought I cared about, was either locked up or dead, all in one foul swoop. And uh, I didn't have anywhere to go. I, I was still very addicted to the substances I was addicted to. So I, I became like literally a hobo for a couple months. That's why I looked so terrible in those pictures when I finally got picked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Your mugshot pictures are, oh my gosh, dude. I, I've seen some pretty intense mugshot pictures, but yeah, the, yours are yours are scary, man. I was literally that guy living beneath the bridge at that point. Yeah. yeah. So that's insane. That's where I was at. So what about you though? Well, and so like for me, I was I mean like I lived in rural Wisconsin, so I did like some of the stupid stuff too. Like there's nothing to do where I'm from, so I'd get in trouble for like trespassing or um, doing stupid stuff like that. But I actually didn't have any charges until um, my big charge. And still to this day, um, that entire accident was all of the charges I've ever had besides a few speeding tickets. So for me, it was as soon as my schizophrenia started is when I started using illegal drugs. And mine just literally was because of my symptoms. Um, It was just everything was, I had, I had, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I didn't want to go get medicated and be labeled as like a crazy person. But I, I also knew that I could get drugs that, you know, it wouldn't fix it, but it would shut the voices up for a while, you know? And it was almost like the lesser of two evils to be a drug addict than a crazy person. Yeah, exactly. And whether or not that's right, that's what my brain made me believe. Cause I mean, you know how people are labeled anymore. Everyone, everyone sees how people that are schizophrenic are labeled and the stigma behind it. I grew up with a mom who was schizophrenic. I knew exactly what that looked like. Still, even, even though growing up with a mom who uh, went through it, I had to, I mean, you, you knew how rough it was. They had a certain element of terror to that diagnosis really. Well, absolutely. And I think that's why I avoided the diagnosis because as long as I did drugs, I could just blame everything going on in my head on drugs. I could be like, oh, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not having symptoms. I'm just fucked up on acid, you know? And so the longer I did that, the longer I postponed, you know, admitting to myself that I was having an issue. And I mean, I was delusional at the time. So it's not like that was my first thought. Um, It wasn't until my wife and my mom started to like, tell me they're like hey you need to go get help and it still took me a year and a half two years to go get a proper diagnosis but in that time is when i had my accident and i got out and my house got raided and so it was like i had all these charges piling up from a very short period of my life where i was just unwell you know right but i think that also shows like how different criminal charges can be for people like I'm not saying I didn't deserve my criminal charges. I I messed up. I made the choices I made. I drove the day that I got my OWI charge. Um, But also, there's part of it where if medicine and, uh, you know, the healthcare system in America were a little bit better, I don't think I would have waited that long. I think if we had less stigma around mental illness, I would have went and got a proper diagnosis and treatment. So... It's really tough to say, like, when I see people go into prison or jail, 
and you always have those uh, Karens who know nothing about <laughs> struggles that people go through who will just automatically judge someone because they've been to jail or prison. My first instinct is, well, what's the backstory, you know? Well, not a lot of people get the chance to give their backstory, unfortunately. I mean, you see, you've seen that. I think we've all seen that on a day-to-day -day basis, especially if you have anything on your record a lot of people will never give you that chance to say, you know, Hey, yeah, but I did my time. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a different me. Like there was not, not a real shot of redemption. And that's something that I think we should really address. Cause if there's no redemption, why are we doing any of this? Why, what does any of us do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and it, it goes back to, you know, reform over punishment for me, because like, that's my, always my talking point is if you don't want people to get out and be successful, what's the point of sending them to jail? Like just a lifetime time out. Like that can't, that can't be our solution, you know? And unfortunately I think that's what people think our solution is. And I just, it makes more sense for us to really be working on getting people out and getting them back to a regular life, which I, I just don't feel like we're doing that well. Well, no, we're not doing that well at all. The entire system is designed to make it very clear. Think about even going into intake, you know, at your local county facility. Oh, yeah. From the second you walk through those doors, the entire place is designed to let you know that you're no longer a citizen. You're an inmate. You yeah. are this. I am this. Everything from where you sit, from how you sit, from who you talk to. You know, that's... That's real. Yeah. They want to make you feel like a criminal despite whatever brought you in there, despite the backstory, despite, you know, yes, you made bad decisions, but does that really make you a bad person? I'm not saying everyone who got in, is incarcerated isn't a bad person, but no, there's some people that definitely deserve to be there. It's that's the truth. I just don't feel like it's a majority though. I really don't. And I feel like the entire prison and jail population gets treated like they are criminals. And I just don't think that's the case for most people in there. When a majority of people are in jail or prison for drug crimes, nonviolent drug crimes at that, um, it just, it feels weird to me that we automatically want to treat everyone like a bad person and a criminal instead of trying to find ways to rehabilitate them and get them back to working and helping out their communities. Well, at the end of the day, man, it all kind of comes down to profit. You know I mean? There's so many people who are making a lot of money off of keeping this many people incarcerated. Yeah. And that's a terrible fact about our country. We're, we're one of the only developed countries in the world that has private for-profit prison systems. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a little dystopian if you think about it. Well, and then we, you know, me and you have also talked about the modern day slavery in some of the prisons where they're literally working for what, what was the highest wage for a job at, or did you have work at your prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I think the highest was like 38 cents, somewhere in yeah. there. That's insane to me that just because someone made a mistake in their life, you're going to pay them 38 cents. And some of those jobs are not easy jobs. They're no. jobs you'd probably make like 16 to 20 bucks for on the outside if they were actual you know, manufacturing jobs. Right. And full time at that. So, yeah, there'd be... 
Like it would, it, it would just wouldn't fly on the outside. It would be illegal. No. But for well, that's that's oh. their way around it. You know, it's it's just one way to you know screw over people in poverty, and they're able to do it legally. So <laughs> it's definitely something that needs to have more of a conversation around it. And I know, like me and you. We're going to talk a lot about this going forward. I just wanted to touch on it a bit today. So um, when you did get your first, or I guess like when you finally went in for your prison stay, um, how was it different than like when you were in County, like people wise um, environment, like just the feeling, I know the feeling probably shifted a whole lot when you went from County into prison. Honestly, uh, when I finally got sentenced and uh, sentenced and shipped and all that, it was just such a relief. Because, I mean, the thing about Arizona, especially Maricopa County, is that county jails are especially brutal. Yeah. Like, the it's, you know, this is where we had Tent City and stuff like that. So by the time, I, by the time, like, the fi- they finally were sentencing me and were shipping me off, I was so thankful to be out of Maricopa County. Finally, I'd be getting like three meals a day, you know. So really, it was like my worries were over as soon as that happened. But that that was just, you know, where I'm coming from. I know for a lot of people, it was a lot different. But I see, I already knew that I'd be spending a little bit of time away. Yeah. That wasn't a shock to me. You know, nothing. <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all, to say the least. Yeah, that makes sense. But that that's how it was for me. What about for you? Like, what... For me, I mean, I did, you know, I did my, my entire stay in County. So it was, um, for me, it wasn't, I didn't have to worry about that shift. It was just a long stay in County. It was almost a year in County, um, which, uh, when you don't have any resources, no yard time, stuff like that, it was, that's that's what I mean though. Like a year in County is a lot harder than a year in prison, in, in my opinion. Yeah. See, and it's like. It, it is what it is. Each experience is going to be a little different. I That's why I enjoy talking to you and Colin, because you guys have such different experiences than me. And um, it, it's it's really interesting to hear even like state by state. I, I, I know we've talked to Colin several times about how Pennsylvania prisons are. Um, I'd love to bring people on from other states because I've heard I've heard some very disturbing things about uh, prisons in Texas uh, I've, which, been tag, I've been getting tagged in those videos too. If, if we're, I'm thinking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple that you, me and you have been getting tagged in a lot. They tag us together usually. And so it'd be interesting to see like the difference between some of our state run prisons, some of the for-profit prisons and really show how they differ. Yeah. I would love to find someone who's been to both like a for-profit prison and a, um, you know, state run prison. I would, that would really interest me to have someone who's been able to see both. And cause I've actually heard one person and I don't remember who it was, but it was a TikToker, and they said that they've been to both and they preferred uh for-profit prisons cause they had more stuff they could get on commissary stuff like more resources and stuff. But I would love to hear that from a few different people's opinions. Cause I just have a hard time believing that it would be better for profit. Cause in my mind, for profit means they're cutting budgets. They're getting by with as little as possible. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand, but at the same time, for profit also means competition if that's the way the market is running. So, I mean, it, 
I'm not saying that I, I don't think there is competition for the four private prisons. I'm pretty sure it's all controlled by at least like one company or two companies. Yeah. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. And I don't even know that I'd have to look that up because yeah. uh, I imagine it's not a lot of companies running these for profit prisons. I imagine it's, you know, a select few making billions of dollars off of it. Right. Sure. Are you, uh, I, I think you said that someone, one of your friends recently got out, like within the last few months, right? I know you're still waiting for a lot of the people you were in with that have much longer sentences, but did you have one of your friends get out recently? Not that I know it. <laughs> Getting me confused somebody else. <laughs> Maybe it was Colin. Uh, I think yeah. Colin had someone get out, actually. Whoa, did you just full on just Colin raid me? Really? <laughs> Really well, you it. should be used to it from TikTok by now. Uh, <laughs> you, just, you just call and raid me on my own show, dog. Wow. Do me like that. I That's honestly crazy. thought, I honestly thought it was you who had That's someone get up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Do you know who the next person is? Like next one of your friends getting out? Or who has the uh, like that uh, most likely Chucky. He's eligible for parole in two years. You know, if he oh, you know, wow. good, but uh, I think his total time left is six years. So he would be the next. Do you think he'll make parole? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I, don't, I, I don't see that being a thing, to be honest. Uh, so, well, if he does make it, I'm gonna tell him you said that. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Zach said. There was no way you were making parole. And he's gonna, he's like, you know, he's probably gonna agree with my statement. He'll probably say it's, yeah, it's weird that he did. If he did so much. Well, that's good self awareness, at least. Yeah. I mean, he would know it too, man, to be fair. Are you, uh, is there anyone you're specifically worried about getting out and seeing all your story times, or does everyone you include in your story times know about it? Like, I imagine you haven't told Hollywood or. Um, no, yeah, this country guy. I imagine you haven't told them about it. I think, realistically, more or less, they know at this point. Um, that's probably just how it is. So there's no point in worrying about it. But uh, you know, there are times that, like, I'll go into my DMs and anything that starts off with "Hey, I was locked up with you," I go, "Oh, damn it." <laughs> you know, like, which one of you? <laughs> Who <would laughs> be? Yeah, that's that's reality for me. But I mean, that is you know that's something that's really cool about your stories is you include a lot of people and you get to share other people's stories too, um, which you know I I love because I that's the whole reason I wanted to do this show was because when we share our individual stories, it's really interesting, but we only have so much to share as individual people where if we get more and more people from different backgrounds and different experiences, not only can our followers learn stuff, but I mean, I've learned stuff since we started the show from Jess Ken, like some of the stuff she told us about women's prison or having a baby in prison, like genuinely yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I had no idea about that. And so it's like, it's really cool to have these different perspectives. Um, do you uh, do you plan on doing any like going to prisons and speaking at all, or is that something you're looking at doing in the future? Or? 
You know, man, uh, that's something that people ask me all the time. Like, do I want to do prison uh, outreach sort of things? Um, and I guess the, the bottom line to that is I don't really think that's for me. I don't really think that's the people that I necessarily want to talk to. <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the people who I feel like I could reach are the people who could really do something about prison reform. Yeah, you know uh, the the people who need to see prisoners as humans, you know, as people with stories, you know, stuff like that. Because in reality, if I, if I was to go to any facility and say, you know, follow your dreams and become, you know, a social media influencer, that'd be very bad advice. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it legitimately would actually. Um, yeah. That would work be- out for someone, I'm sure, like one out of a thousand or one out of ten thousand. Maybe, but for like literally everyone else, it'd be shitty advice. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think that's who. Uh, that's who I. My audience would be. <laughs> well, at least you're, you know, aware of that, and that's. It's just something I wonder because I do see a lot of people who. And, you know, social, whether it's social media or you started a business or whatever, a lot of people who get out and are successful in their own way tend to go back and speak. And so um, it's something I know I've been asked to do because of my nonprofit. And so I was just wondering, because I'm sure you get offers like that. I'm sure you've been offered already, right, to go back and do that? Yeah, I've been offered quite a few times. And, um, you know, uh, most of the time I couldn't do it just because of scheduling, you know, conflictions and stuff like that but uh you know i do like doing uh talks or even like a q a at like recovery houses and stuff like that who are open to hearing somebody who doesn't necessarily do the steps you know and does alternative recoveries and you know other sort of uh ways to sobriety and being clean i like doing those yeah so you're I think what you're saying is you'd rather help people maybe already released trying to like better themselves or move forward from the BS that they've been through. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like, because I didn't do like such a long stay in like incarceration and I like, I didn't feel like I could help as much inside of jail or prison. That's why I started my nonprofit that helps people find jobs because that's one part, you know, that I was like, Hey, I can help people with that immediately when they are released. Um, even if it means prepping them before they get out, that's fine. But it's just like, I think it's the same thing with me. Like I just didn't feel comfortable being in there and, you know, trying to like the same thing you just said, what am I going to do? Tell them like, Hey, maybe you can make it as a TikToker. Yeah. It's a, it's an awkward conversation really. Yeah. Well, and that's a really cool thing is uh, something we should do in the next couple of weeks is um, I know you just talked about uh, addiction and recovery. And so I am all about talking about people taking non 12 step paths to recovery because I actually did start off in a 12 step program um, and kind of, you know, moved away from it because I didn't feel like it was right for me. Um, and I've, I've found a lot of success in you know, my own way of doing things, but I feel like the recovery community can be very non-supportive of, of, I think, I think toxic is the word you're probably looking for. At times. I was trying to avoid that word, but yes, you're and, and you know, I think that's with any community anymore. There's always a little bit of toxicity. It's, it's almost like they're like, well, if you don't do it this way, it's wrong. 
And I think there's so many different ways that people can recover. And um, I think people have different definitions of recovery too. So I would love to start doing a little bit, bit more about addiction and recovery since that's another thing that both of us have definitely been through and really don't talk about a lot. Right. Well, it's also something that I think affects a lot of people. I mean, most people have either known someone who struggled with addiction, have been addicted themselves, or, you know, are related to somebody who struggled with addiction. So, I mean, to, to maybe talk about, you know, some real, some real issues with people, maybe get some other people who have dealt with the same stuff would be good. Open yeah. up that platform. Well, and then the cool thing is if we start talking about addiction and recovery, then we can always do what we were just talking about with the criminal justice system, look on the other side of the fence for recovery coaches. And, you know, um, who are the people that do the AODA tests? Is it just general oh. counselors or? I think so. Like uh, maybe behavioral tech, health technicians or something. Or? Yeah. But like someone like that who distributes those um, alcohol and other drug assessments right. um, really show like, you know, because th that's the thing I think we could do really well here is have a conversation um, on both sides. And it's something that I don't think necessarily we've done in these first 10 episodes. By the way, congratulations on our first 10 episodes, Zach. <laughs> wow, we really did 10 episodes already. Yeah, 10 episodes already. I, I had the same reaction when I was getting ready to post this one day. And it was like, this is the 10th episode. I was like, oh, dang. And um, do you want to hear another cool fact? Uh, please. I looked at our analytics and we have had 50,000 downloads for our first 10 episodes. 50,000. Our audio podcast has been streamed 50,000 times for 10 episodes. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's something that I think we should be proud of. And I'm really excited to, you know, see where it goes. Cause I think we're just getting started. Sounds all right to me. All right. So what do you think about, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just catching up on comments here. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone is so worried Zach, cause you look so tired. Everyone's so worried about you today. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call your boyfriend to come throw a glass of water in your face just to wake you up for the last 15 minutes of the podcast. I'm awake. You guys are dicks. <laughs> what? But like I said in the beginning of the show, you've been moving all week. I know, and you've had what, like a two-hour time change, right? Because you were in Arizona, so that's a two-hour time difference. About that, but it's just been a lot of. Just getting everything all set and ready. Yeah. No, someone says, throw a monster can at Zach. Uh, but no, for sure, dude. I uh, I just, I'm excited that you're out there, and I'm excited to see you settling in. So was it kind of tough to head out of Arizona, though? It was, man. I mean, a big part of that was, um, you know, I got a real big thing with small, space, like tight spaces now. I have some like claustrophobia issues and anxiety. I wonder so, where yeah. that comes from. <laughs> yeah, I wonder where that comes from. But uh, so I, I had a lot of anxiety dealing with the this, the flight that I took, but it ended up being not as bad as I thought. Have you flown before? Uh, it's been probably ten years since I've flown. Oh, okay. 
So, uh, yeah. my, my trip out to Pennsylvania to visit Colin was the first time I've ever flown in my entire life. So I was, I stayed up the entire night before because I, I was so nervous about it. And then I got in, I watched the takeoff, I watched the landing, I was at the window seat and I, I loved it. I was like, oh dang, this is nothing, you know? How could that possibly be the first time you ever flew anywhere? I'm from Wisconsin. We we take car rides everywhere. <laughs> we Like I've been a lot of places, but we believe in long car rides. I've literally taken car rides to New York and um, to Colorado and to Louisiana. I've always just traveled by vehicle. I don't know. It's just, I think it's a Midwest thing. It's a very odd tradition. <laughs> what, you never been on an 18-hour car ride before? Not willingly, no. <laughs> it's a good time, man. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like one of those decisions that's like you're either going to love the people you're with at the end or absolutely hate them. I mean, the alternative is to spend the next couple weeks in Diet Canada or go on a road trip, an 18-hour road trip somewhere that isn't Wisconsin. So That doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, man. You've been growing quite a bit, man. You ever notice that? Did I notice that? Um, yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been definitely paying attention to it. It'll be awesome. My entire goal is to hit a million before you come out here. Cause I think you're just gonna be a smart ass if you get out here and I haven't hit a million yet. I feel like you're just gonna Hold it above me the entire time. 1.2 million. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it above your head regardless. You know that, right? Like oh well, I know that, but it would be a lot harder for you if I was at a million by the time you came out here. Which if my page keeps growing at the rate it is, I might actually do. We'll see what happens there, tough guy. Well, in the past 28 days, I've grown 375,000 followers in 28 days. And I have a little bit more than that before you come out. So I'm just saying. Wow. That's, uh, and, they, and they know what your content is like, right? Like they saw your content. Yeah, before they yeah they've watched my videos and for some reason followed. Huh. Crazy. It's a crazy life, dog. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. No, do you ever, wonder, that? Do you ever that? wonder that, like, with your own videos? I think that all the time. Like, I know you were just, I know you're goofing around, but I think that. I'm like, why? Why Why did you guys stick around? Like, why is there this many people here? I think half the time, man, it's like the right person saw it at the right time. And it may not have even been funny or entertaining if they saw it at any other point in time. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because there are some things I'm like, you guys really like that video? Like, I, I put zero thought into that to no time. And that's what you like. Yeah. Well, did you see my recent video that blew up like last week? No. Shortly after that episode I had, um, there was a guy who was, he made a TikTok where he was pretending to stir like a chocolate milk. And I reacted to the video and he's like, he said he had schizophrenia and there was no chocolate milk there. And I uh, reacted to it and it's got like, it's literally got like 300,000 likes. And I'm like, why, why this video? I've made two weeks worth of good educational mental health content. And you take a 15 second video 
that's just a bullshit joke. It literally took me 20 seconds to record, and that's the video you blow up. It's just kind of the curse of what we do, man, honestly. like That's why all the ones that I like, I want attention from, I'll send to you directly. Like, you do hey. that. I've noticed that. Yeah, like, like I, that's that's me saying, like, hey, bro, I took a lot of time on this video. Could you could you take a second and tell me I did a good job? Like, that's that's all that is, realistically. Well, and those are the, funny enough. You've sent me a couple that like didn't blow up, and I think they're some of your funnier videos too. And I was like, it sucks when you do put a lot of effort in and it doesn't go anywhere. It literally will make you like. There's times where I quit taking a lot of effort for videos. I'm like, screw it. If it's just going to flop. And I think every TikTok creator goes through that for a little bit. It's just the ups and downs of riding the, uh, the the popularity wave. It's fucking fucking mind. (laughs) Well, my goal is when you get out here, uh, my goal is to dominate the TikTok algorithm. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but I, that's my entire goal is that, People see nothing but us on their For You page for a full week. People are going to be so pissed. (laughs) They're like, I am so sick of seeing these ex-convicts, these former drug addicts on my For You page. They're going to be so pissed, and understandably so. I mean, you couldn't really all that all that does is bring joy to my heart, knowing that they're going to be pissed. Because honestly, that's like most of the haters we get are people that just hate the fact that, you know, ex-convicts and former drug addicts and mentally ill people can be successful at something like this. They hate it. Well, because it challenges the stereotype that, I mean, they they want to put us in different categories. They want to make us like sub-citizen. Yeah. And when someone comes along from that class that they've created for us and actually is successful or makes money doing whatever it is they're doing, it challenges that, that ideology that we're, you know, beneath the normal citizen somehow or like, it's incredible when we're successful. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? No. Yeah. I think you nailed it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And it's something that like, you don't even think about, but Every one of the categories that we talk about, I would argue, is exactly what you just said. It's like a it's a place that people put us to make us, you know, not like to make us regret our decisions, which is fine. I regret my decisions. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person, you know. Well, I think it's kind of hard because when you have a system that's designed as punishment instead of rehabilitation, you admit that there is a arbitrary line somewhere between making feel someone feel bad for what they did and also trying to build them back up into someone that you want them to be. Yeah. And there's like no way you can balance those out. Yeah. It, it just does it doesn't really work. No, it, it definitely doesn't. Well, and it's I I would love to, you know, continue talking about how we can as former convicts work on reform and not only reform, but work on changing people's minds about, you know, the, what, what society believes about us, because I know very few former convicts and recovered addicts that are genuinely bad people. Don't get me wrong. I know a couple, <laughs> there definitely are some bad yeah, people. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that that's not a real thing. No, for sure. 
But the the idea that you know, everyone involved with criminal activity, everyone who's ever done drugs, everyone with serious mental health issues is some sort of uh, bad person or some sort of like blight on society is something that I think we are actively working on with this podcast. And I would argue with our TikToks too. Oh, well, I mean, that's the idea. And I think that's one of the reasons that we get as much hate as we do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you especially, because I mean, like, you know, I didn't, like, a lot of people see the stuff I do as just kind of funny stories that may or may not have an educational value. But, you know, you, you are a mental health advocate more than anything else. And the amount of backlash and hate that you get from the most basic, of statements that I thought everyone could agree on is amazing. <laughs> like you could go, oh, you could make the statement like, you know what? I don't think we should be able to like, we should drown puppies in, in, in rivers. <laughs> You'd think that'd be like a safe statement. And I'm like, yeah, but no, Cody can make that statement. And there'd be like 50 people right in the comments. They're like, actually, <laughs> well, actually you're <laughs> wrong. <sighs> Well, I don't know if you saw my video from literally yesterday. Um, I went on to the video you did, the stitch where you were defending me because you're a good friend and you're a softy. You're a good, kind, soft-hearted person. Shut up. (laughs) And you were defending me because you're a good friend like that. And uh, some of the comments on there, I don't know if you've read through them. Some of the comments were literally like, well, it's his fault because he's disabled. He doesn't need to be online. And so I had to make a video being like, so let me get this straight. Because I'm schizophrenic, I can no longer use the internet. That's what I'm hearing. And so like the fact that I have to say that out loud blew my mind because I was like, people actually commented that. And I've also heard people literally say things. I made a video saying, hey, not everyone with schizophrenia should be put in a psych ward. And people actually argued with me about it. And it's so insane. And what is the argument against that statement that not every person with schizophrenia should be on a psych ward? The one person literally said it's because we are so, um, we, we can't be predicted. And you know, there's, there's some truth to that. It's, it's, it's hard to predict what someone with schizophrenia will do or how they'll react, but locking every person with schizophrenia in a psych ward isn't exactly a solution for that. Um, medication and treatment definitely seems like a much better solution, but I mean, you nailed it on the head. Like anything I say, there's people that are like, and you, you, you did it so well. Well, actually, (laughs) actually, if you look at the facts here, God, fuck you. Fuck that guy. (laughs) I've literally had comments. uh, People have said that, uh, you know, schizophrenia is fake. And that um, it's an excuse that people, it's an excuse that serial killers use to get off of their charges. And I'm like, you realize just because someone pleads insanity does not mean they still don't go to prison. They might go to a prison ward or to a psychiatric facility. But there's no time. Yeah, it's not how that game works at all. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, Part of it is the bigger we get, the more hate we're going to get because people just don't like seeing us succeed is what it is. I love when someone asked me in my in my comments the other day, um, is it ever scary working with somebody with schizophrenia? 
And I was like, of course, but I mean, it has nothing to do with the schizophrenia. He's just a weird fucking dude. Like, it, That's a way more valid statement, to be honest. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, there's a lot of things that are scary. It has nothing to do with his diagnosis. Everything to do with his personality. Well, I do appreciate that uh, because yeah. I absolutely agree with that statement. Uh, I actually had something pretty similar because I, a lot of people don't realize that I'm also a convicted felon who's been incarcerated. And I had someone ask me if I'm afraid to have you come out and visit because you're a felon who's been to prison. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm so afraid of Zach coming out here with his squish mellow <laughs> terrorizing wow. my house. Did I tell you about what happened at the airport? Oh, my God. No. What happened? Okay, so I'm getting I'm getting on the plane coming to Virginia, and they go to check my bag and they weigh it and it's like over a hundred and some pounds, and they're like we we have to charge you like it was like two hundred bucks or something for this this luggage. I'm like screw that. Look, I have some weights, I have some dumbbells in there. I'll just take them out and I'll buy new ones when I get there. So I open up my bag to take the dumbbells out, and as I do, my maid outfit and Damien the communist red panda. <laughs> shooting out onto the floor in the middle of Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. Yeah. I've got like rush hours worth of traffic just staring at me as I'm like gathering my French maid costume up. Oh my God. I love that. That is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess this there. is a good time to say um, I blame Zach. For uh, the person who sent me a French maid's outfit. Love it. Back. I blame you completely for that one. You can try. I don't care. <laughs> that is hilarious, though. Did they say anything or did they just... I feel like they just probably tried to play it cool and didn't say anything. People tried to pretend that they did. definitely didn't just see the French maid outfit with the thigh highs fly out. <laughs> But everyone saw the French maid outfit with the thigh eyes fly out. So <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. I'm just so you know, uh, that story you just told, that's the clip I'm taking from tonight's show. Please do. Everyone should wallow in my shame. That's that's my favorite thing is wallowing in your shame. Oh man. We are coming down to the last couple minutes. Um, I just wanted to remind everyone. Uh, that you should definitely go check out manscape.com. We wanted to thank Manscaped for sponsoring us. And don't forget to use the code GALLOWOP for 20% off and free shipping. I still can't believe that's the actual name of the thing. But, yeah, thank you guys for doing that. We really do appreciate all the support you've given us. It helps us here at the show. And we just have really enjoyed you guys reaching out to us, continuing to tag us in other creator stuff to get people on the show, and we will still be accepting audition tapes for the show. So do make those videos and tag us in it. And if you're just coming in and you didn't get to catch the rest of the show, make sure you watch out for the audio version, which will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please continue to support us on those platforms as well helps our numbers, and we do appreciate all the amazing comments and ratings that we get on Apple Podcasts. You guys have been so supportive since we started the show. Um, and yeah, Zach, any final words for the people? It doesn't have to be about your balls. Preferably not, but they are 
Very smooth indeed, sir. <laughs> Thanks to Manscaped. All Thanks right. To Manscaped. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. And make sure you check out the actual podcast being posted on Spotify. We love you all so much. And we will be back next week at the same time.